the way to Potterstrom. We're diving into these people. You know, we're getting them to speak English. And, you know, Potterstrom people have got a hard time speaking English. They think that they think they have any languages Afrikaans, you see. But we're going we're gonna to make them work today. This is the reason we're speaking to Jock Willifi and Gilliam Nell. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much <laughs> for having us. Great to be on. So the reason we're speaking to you is because you are creating music at every nation there in Faith City in Potterstrom. And uh, that's very exciting. But before we get into the music, we've got to introduce you, the actual people behind the music. So, Jock, I'm going to give you the opportunity to introduce Gilliam to me. Tell me who this guy is. All right. So, Gilliam is our worship pastor here at Every Nation Faith City. And uh, our African-American, and I say that because he studied uh, in America for five years be- before coming back to Poch where he grew up. Uh, and now he's our worship pastor and uh, really been pioneering and spearheading ENFC music uh, and a lot of the good things that have been happening in our worship department here at Every Nation Face City. Uh, yeah, that's Julian. He's recently married. It's married Julian from now on. Yeah, married Julian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, literally very recently. I think like two months it's, now. It's, it's not even two months. Not it's even two months. months. He's <laughs> rawly married. We, so if we ask him about it now, he's just going to gush. Yes. Yeah, we're going to yes. keep hearing metaphors about marriage and stuff like that. When <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, Gilliam, we're going to get into you and how you're involved with the interns and everything like that as well. But first, you now need to introduce me to Jock. Jock Willifier, this guy, he's obviously got a crazy side to him as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Jock uh, Willifier, his nickname is Russia because uh, he lived in Russia for how long? Two and a half years. Two years, years when he was in high school. Um, <laughs> so then, then it just became like a citywide nickname because every second guy in Poch is named Jock. So so everyone knows him as Russia. And um, But yeah, so he just graduated with a degree in pastoral ministry at uh, Oral Roberts University. But he did the online degree. Um, and if I can brag about him, he got like an above 90 for his final project. Oh, wow. Amazing, which he did in Christian transformational leadership. So he's currently, uh, he's also working here at the church. He is heading up the young adults ministry, the missions uh, and outreach ministry. So he's, he just laid a trip to Zambia where they drove like 4,000 kilometers to get there and back. And um, yeah, he's leading a trip to France, suffering for Jesus during the World <laughs> Cup. So, um, <laughs> You know, it's, I mean, it's shame. They'll do some outreach too in the news, but whatever. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> got to do it. And yeah, he's, uh, yeah, like honestly, I think if it wasn't for Jock, I don't know if it'd be an ENFC music. Um, I remember there were times where I'd really like be at the end of my rope, just just not like wanting to give up and. Him just giving me a call and saying, hey, like, we got to do this. And, uh, yeah, just being super inspirational. So, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get to the music soon because, obviously, that's the reason why we're talking to you. But first, I'm curious, <laughs> transformational leadership, Jock, why do, you, why do you study it? What does it help? How does it inform you in a way that can actually help you going forward in ministry? Mm, yeah, so the degree was in ministry and leadership specifically. And so the topic of Christian transformational leadership has to do with uh, actually 
getting getting people past just the transactional part of leadership where people get rewarded for doing their job <laughs> and uh, actually inspiring people into the greater vision that God has for them and actually working them into the full potential that God has for them. And that's one of my big passions. So the reason for studying it was actually to just grow um, in, in knowledge, actually, in, in one of the things that's my biggest passions, and that's to uh, unlock the, the potential in people and bring out the best in people and grow and develop them. Uh, into their full potential. Um, yeah, and so out of that place, I studied that. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad to be finished after uh, five to six years part-time studying on this degree. <laughs> yeah, you also ran like a business or two during this time as well. Yeah, yeah, coffee shop as well. And, yeah, so. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you didn't sleep much. No, the reason why I'm asking is because you can go to any church. They all believe in this 80-20 principle where 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. But every nation is one of those churches that have, they're stubborn when it comes to activating everyone, that everyone has got something to bring to the table and that you can't just lounge there and get lost in the masses, that everyone has got a responsibility and the Great Commission. So did you learn stuff that you truly feel is going to actually work to have a, an active whole church? Mm. Yeah, I definitely feel like I, I've learned a lot in that sense. And I think uh, even with Pastor Willem, uh, our senior pastor here, it's one of the things that he really focuses on a lot is by is to activate leaders within the church and to activate us into the different spheres of society. Because in the end, uh, we as church leaders, uh, the, the ultimate goal of the church is to reach the nations and to reach the world. Um, and so we as church leaders can't reach every sphere, uh, but our church members can. And so we're just as stubborn <laughs> as what to, to, yeah. to accomplish that in, in people. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, honestly, I mean, on top of that, one of the things that we're very intentional about is even if, <laughs> if we're like writing the songs or producing the things, we never want to be the main uh, like the main, the main kahunas on the songs or yeah. stuff like that. We're always trying to get some other, like newer songwriters. One of the songs uh, that we have coming up on one of our EPs actually written by teenagers, and we have some of them actually they singing on the on the songs, and it's because they've been growing as worship leaders and they've been growing as as leaders. Yeah. We want to champion that, and I think a lot of times music or ministries die out because people are so busy holding on mm. to. To a position, they're holding yeah. on to ego, whereas a big side of leadership is actually raising up people that are better than you are and not being threatened by that. Yeah. <laughs> Do I understand it correctly that when you say you passed off the interns, an intern would now be someone who wants to go into full-time ministry or where do they fit in at Every Nation? Yeah. So, so for us, we believe that everyone is called to ministry just as Christians uh, but what we help to do is we help to find help people to not only find out, okay, what does that look like? Does that mean part-time uh, serving, volunteering? Because there's some people who are genuinely called for, for the business, like yes. for the business world. And but that doesn't mean, oh, you're banished from the church and you're not allowed to serve. I mean, some of, some people will be lifelong mm, uh, yeah. volunteer or lifelong, you know what, we're gonna add to God's kingdom um, and never have the title of pastor. And that's that's amazing. That's not a bad thing. And we help people to grow into that. We also have some staff members of people who, you know, they don't get paid anything by the church. They literally 
serving the poorest of the poor and they're raising their own funds to do it so that it's never going to be a burden. Um, mm. So there's so there's that. But then there's also people who genuinely feel called to full-time ministry um, vocationally. And uh, what we pretty much have to do is we kind of have a spectrum of different students uh, during lockdown. Two now we have like twenty, and it's a bit of a handful to manage. But they, it's it's a good it's a good problem to have, you know. Like it's one of those getting stuff to do for everyone and helping them grow individually. Yeah, so, and then you that lead the lead program, with yeah, 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 which is basically the internship program we we set up at church for for people that are that want to grow in their calling uh, and to have a, a year of learning professional skills. Uh, so not just for people going into full-time ministry, but to be able to intern in the professional sphere of society yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah. So that mm. even at the end of it, if they don't go into ministry, they have a they have a resume that's scripts for next. And I want to get into those going for full-time ministry now because. At the end of the day, mm. the, you, you, people arrive, especially young people, arrive there with stars in their eyes and feeling very holy because we're not going to be oh. in full-time <laughs> ministry and all. But then ministry involves people and it involves mm -hmm. a broken world that we live in. And you suddenly realize that everybody isn't mature and as holy as you thought you oh, were. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of disillusionment and disappointment involved in being in full-time ministry that you've got to work through to still keep a pure heart and a passionate heart before the Lord. Is this something that you experience as well? Oh, yeah. I think, I think definitely. One thing we tell our interns is when they start is we tell them that uh, imagine if you just start like working out and you discover the joys of working out and then you decide, you know what, I'm going to become a personal trainer so that I can work out all day in the gym. What you're actually going to find is that you're, you're going to have to find time other than your like office hours to go and work out. So it's actually harder. And then on top of that, you're going to have to work with a lot of unhealthy people who might not be motivated to get better and, that can be discouraging in and of itself if you're if you're working on it yourself. So in the same way with ministry in church, we're not just like believe it or not, we don't just work on Sundays. If you wanna, if you wanna really annoy, <laughs> but, um, it's uh, but, but, <laughs> yeah. But uh, which is one thing my wife loves doing. But anyway, that's enough of the, for that. But yeah, bottom line. <laughs> but I think it's one thing that we really have to like be intentional about not letting the church be your source of relationship with God. Mm. Uh, you can't afford that because you're gonna Sorry. you're gonna run out. You're gonna run out. We don't just read the Bible. We don't just jump into God's word to get something to preach on. Um, that that comes out of the overflow. Mm. And if you don't have overflow, then you're gonna mm. you're gonna burn out. You're gonna burn out so quick. And I think that's something that we really focus on as well. It's uh, just yeah. And one of the things we actually see with with a lot of the a lot of people coming into ministry full time is that they have this the the idea of what it would be like. Oh yeah, preferential idea uh, that becomes a very spiritual idea as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, yeah. So we we say a lot of times, don't don't uh, spiritualize spiritual. your preferences. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and, and that really tends to help manage expectations a lot of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I must say that one thing that we've also found um, in ministry is because you've got to give, and because you've got to give. Um, messages and inspiration and encouragement, many times it becomes, even your relationship with God becomes for the people. 
You know, if you have some revelation, yeah. the first thing you think is not, oh, wow, and it's precious between you and God. The first thing you think is, this is going to sound good in a sermon, or this is going to oh, be yeah. a good statement to make out there. And somehow your relationship never has that that purity and that simplicity of just between you and God anymore, just because you're in ministry and you've got to keep on pumping them out. Yeah. And I, I think on top of that, some of our pastors, uh, we're going to shout out Pastor Villam again, have this rule where they, they, they tell themselves, we're not allowed to preach on anything we've read in the last three months. Meaning like, if I'm currently working through Romans, I'm not preaching on Romans. I'm only allowed to preach on Romans three months from now. Oh, wow. The, it's, mm. It takes out any short-term benefit of, oh my goodness, I forgot to pray for Sunday. I forgot to pray for this. Um, I have to... I, I have to read for myself mm. and I can read for other people too. And I, I think there's something inside of us. Like, I mean, we love sharing something exciting. Or, I mean, yeah. if you have good news, you love sharing good news, but it's, there's such a thin line between like riding on that excitement and coming from a good place. And you know what? I, I haven't prepped and I, I'm now just reading to regurgitate. I mean, there's lots of passages in the Bible where it's really hard to regurgitate stuff. If you're in the genealogy sections <laughs> and you're reading to preach, skim over the whole thing and you're not going to like find the value in there. Which, I mean, well, I'll admit, it's it's already hard <laughs> to find the value in that. Not that yeah. it's not God's word. It's just, it's it's literally names. It's yeah, names. it's there. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the music. We've got to get to the music some stage because this is something, yeah. um, obviously here in Pretoria, we've got Retief and then people expect music to be coming out. But every place... That, that I've been working with with every nation people, there's lots of creativity in that church of you. You, you, re, you really have lots of creative people. But then we serve a creative God, so obviously that's something to expect. <laughs> um, but Gilliam, you seem to be one of the, the, the moving forces there, getting stuff done and getting like the, 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 um, the EP out and getting it recorded and all of that. Because Talk Talk is all kind of nice, but to actually get it done, that takes a push. So tell me about the music ministry at your church. So the thing is, we've been writing songs for years, and um, I, th I think something we realize is the logical next step is recording. And for anyone who thinks that recording music, like you do it to make money, you really like you really don't. <laughs> nope. You make like zero 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 two cent per play. So after years play, you'll probably like if you di divide it up, you're gonna make like five rand. So we tell our guys, we can pay you the five rand, or we can buy you a coffee. You know, like. Either one is up to you, but 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 because of that, it's it's really hard uh, for people to motivate and to go. You know what? I'm going to record this, and it mm -hmm. either yeah. either becomes a thing of quality suffers, and you have people releasing lots of music, but the quality just isn't there because the budget isn't there. On the mm -hmm. other hand, they release a great song once every eight years. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's something that we realized. You know what? We have to. We have a responsibility as a church to to learn how to um, produce ourselves in the same yeah. way that you like, we have a responsibility to learn how to play our instruments or to write yeah. songs. And it's a big thing about stewardship in the end that we really felt in, in terms of recording for Unix. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where like this EP and the stuff <clears throat> that we're releasing now, all of it was recorded ourselves. Now, with a song like I'll Be Still or with uh, Promised Land, which already released a little bit earlier, I think we have over, I don't 
don't know, like 20 versions of each where we just <laughs> literally learned, okay, this thing sounds terrible. How do we fix it? I did that again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> we literally, yeah, we send the song in for mixing, which is like putting the guitar on the left ear, the drums in the right ear, that whole thing. Uh, so we send it in for mixing. And then the guy comes back and he says, hey, I'm so sorry, but the guitar wasn't tuned. <laughs> mm. And we then we realize, how did, how did we miss that? It's literally like the only instrument. How did we, and it's just like dealing with that frustration and wrestling through it. I think mm. that's just, it's not, uh, someone said Christianity is not, uh, has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. I feel like the same thing with music production. It's been found difficult and left untried, but I mean, that's our heart, honestly, isn't really so much to tour. Our heart is to help other churches develop recording. Mm. And yeah, we've actually had the yeah. opportunity here in Poch to, to to start helping some other churches. And that's something that we want to continue doing is just helping other people. Because we win as a body of Christ. It's not just about us as a local church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm uh, just out of curiosity. Do you have your own studio where you can tinker or do you have to book a studio every time? Um, we have our own studio, which consists of my laptop, a small keyboard, and a, uh, a microphone. And uh, so everything yeah. is <laughs> yeah. in that. And, uh, and actually, in, uh, we, we um, yeah, with the type of microphones we use, that, that's the type of things we've actually been learning is that with a lot of professional studios, you have, you have, you need this. And, and it really does make a difference to have a 50,000 rand condenser mic compared to like a, a 10,000 rand church uh, mic, church mic or, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but we've learned that uh, we there there's ways in where we can we can actually improve our sound even with the the lack of very very expensive equipment yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think it comes back to stewardship yeah it comes back to stewarding what you have and i think yeah. so many times we feel like oh my goodness i need to buy this fifty thousand rand thing Mm -hmm. to make it a good song to make it a good thing but a lot of people i mean ed sheeran produced like i think that's one thing that we realized is we saw a video of like ed sheeran producing a, a hit song in a in a hotel room and then we realized the mic that he uses is the same one we have and we're like oh my goodness it's not even an expensive mic it's literally just mm, yeah they they they're <laughs> doing it on a mobile thing we don't need a studio to do this and i think that's just kind of shaping and, and like getting rid of some snobbery you know like something we were like no i have to have this thing from this the mm. brand name is not going to make it good it's it's the effort i must say with the industry that had changed as it had and with technology yeah. that's just upped its game it makes it so possible for someone who's got actual mm. talent there is no limitation yeah. you don't have yeah. to be signed anymore that's long lost <laughs> the whole idea of having to be signed to get stuff out effectively these days everyone does one song and if that song is up to standard it will get the coverage it needs because it's yeah. quite simply up to standard um, and then mm. when you talk about the technology, I have heard people who've paid really big bucks for a song that was terrible or other people mm. who did, <laughs> literally did it in the lounge and, and whatever. And, and it sounds absolutely gorgeous. It just goes to show. It's like these people doing the comrades in pluckies. I've seen it. And it works if you've got the right legs to do it with. <laughs> okay, so, so this, um, this EP of yours, 
You now say you now putting it out there. What's the plan? Is it available song by song, just on the normal platforms, or can people actually buy a physical copy still? So, so, so here's the thing. Let, let, let me ask you: If you heard about an obscure band releasing an album, or even your bass frame, would you buy it if you could stream it for free? Of course not. Uh, Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Like. Uh, uh, Henry Ofmeyer, the guy is the front man for One Crown. He's a good friend of ours. Uh, so he actually says, he says, music is now the marketing. Like it's not, it's the product <laughs> and the marketing. Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your, your product is actually marketing. <laughs> yes. So it's, but, but at the same time, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, uh, you, you really have to get into this knowing that you're not going to, Mm. make money which is why i think one thing we were like the big limitation and if you look at a lot of the american churches and people who record they record it themselves for exactly that reason mm. um so that when there's a sermon when someone's inspired they can release it the next weekend yeah. and yeah that's something we want to work towards. okay so at the end of the day the word needs to get out and radio is great that does help to some extent mm. Um, but yeah. now you want it sung in churches, isn't it? You want to get the music used, yeah. as I understand it. Then how do you get the churches to hear about it? Honestly, some things that we do that helps is, uh, on the one hand, we do have a lot of friendships with different churches in mm. town. But then we also have, uh, so the Every Nation churches in South Africa and internationally have this WhatsApp group where whenever someone releases music, they share it on there. So I think yeah. it, it really helps to have a, a family of churches. Um, and uh, I, think, I think at the same time, most songs that we sing today started as local church songs. Uh, the recording itself is actually what helped to release that. One thing we have to get better at <laughs> is actually sharing our chord charts on, uh, on a, a social media so that yeah. people can play. I think that's the one thing that, like, we do get requests and things from people and going, hey, could you send us the chord charts for this? Yeah. Uh, and what's really cool is we yeah. actually went on guitar tabs the other day and I saw that someone put up some of our songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got a chord or two wrong and I, I messaged them. I said, hey, could you fix this? <laughs> 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 yeah. so I'm, I'm probably a bad, like... <laughs> like fake news in music. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, listen, we want people to follow you. We're going to listen to the music, get it out there, yay, we're going to play it, but then we want people to follow you so that they don't miss coming stuff, and maybe they want to be on your WhatsApp groupie, so how do they get hold of you? So, uh, we are on Instagram and on Facebook as ENFC Music, and we finally have a bit of a team that actually do our yes, marketing through the social media. Oh, wow. <laughs> praise God. And uh, so they, they've been actually uh, getting a lot of promotional stuff ready. Our EP is releasing this Sunday uh, yeah. that is coming up the 27th of August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're posting a bunch of uh, uh, reels and stuff just to get it out there. But we are on the social media platforms. Yes. Uh, like, and uh, our team is more hip than we are. They are young folks. <laughs> <laughs> we still use the word hip. So. It does say something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, everyone. It's called Promises. That's the EP by ENFC. That's Every Nation Faith City, for in case you can't hear us when we say this thing. ENFC oh, yeah. Music. Um, but the first song we're going to listen to is I'll Be Still. So tell me about the song. When I listen to the song now, what is it that you want my heart to hear? 
So uh, I'll be still is very much a, a song written uh, in that in-between space of where you receive the promise and uh, and you're in that wilderness before you're entering into the promised land. Um, and it's this place where you need to, where in, I, I think when I wrote it, uh, it, it was this place where I needed to uh, be reminded that God is enough in that space, that he is enough before any promises are fulfilled in our lives. And so I'll be still is about actually knowing that he is God. And then it's it's based on this verse in Psalm uh, 73 uh, that says, Who have I in heaven but you? Uh, you are beyond all measure. And it's this this place of even in heaven, when we receive heaven one day at the end of ages, we still have no one like him while we're there. Even when the the world is in the most perfect of places, who have I in heaven but you? And it's this idea of of knowing him uh, as our greatest treasure, as our uh, greatest pleasure, and uh, yeah, our greatest hope as well.